You're now listening to The Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Co-op Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Richard Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary Acewaby. How's it going, Gary? It's going good, thanks. Another Sunday, another podcast. How are you doing, good Rich? Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome doing to pretty a good. brand new episode um, of yeah, the Co-op just, uh, Podcast. Taking it easy on this Sunday uh, afternoon. I'm your host, Richard uh, Billy Jr., forward to talking about all the topics today. Um, we're also joined by Mr. Jake James Lugo. How's it going, Mr. Lugo? I'm doing good. Uh, I've been busy the entire week, even like throughout the weekend. I tried to actually rest up on the weekend, and I was like, nope, got to get stuff done. So uh, here I I'm am. Your host. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I-, I totally understand that 100%. Um, so uh, there was quite a bit of new stories that happened this week uh, that we definitely have to address. But before we get into any of that, we got to talk about what we have been playing. So I'm going to go to you first, Mr. Lugo. How about you let us know what you've been playing? So I have a couple new reviews up on the website now that you guys could definitely check out. I actually got uh, reviews for Jump Force. You guys got to check that out now that went up uh, the day of release. We actually had it mad early. Uh, we kind of went a little bit after the embargo when it finally lifted because I wanted to make sure that I covered everything because there was a lot to unpack with that game. There was a lot that was pretty banged up overall. <laughs> but besides that, right, uh, that review is up now. You guys can read that. I also reviewed an indie game from Digerati uh, that's a little bit more of on the retro side of things or at least, you know, a nod to the retro to like NES style action platformer games. Uh, Odalis, The Dark Call. Uh, it was actually pretty interesting. It's got a lot of inspiration from like Castlevania, Ghost and Goblins, a little bit of uh, Metroid and Metroidvania style gameplay injected into it. It's pretty interesting, especially if you love that style of like dark atmosphere slash like fun nods to 80s and 90s pop culture references. It's pretty cool overall. There's there's a lot of fun things in there that you guys should definitely check out. And then outside of that, I've been playing a couple other games here and there, a lot of legacy titles. I've been playing Tetris 99 which uh, a lot of people have been really diving into. That's the first Battle Royale game I've been playing like significantly because you guys know I'm not really a huge fan of the Battle Royale uh, game type, you know, with first-person shooters and stuff. But that taking that type of philosophy and injecting it into something like Tetris but still maintaining the core Tetris gameplay where I'm actually like doing something constantly rather than waiting and lingering around and stuff, now it actually has got me into it. So it's pretty fun overall, but that's what I've been up to on top of everything else. That sounds awesome. Um, I was also going to ask, uh, what else have you been up to aside from uh, playing games? Oh, I've been I've been busy like crazy. Just again doing a lot of editorial stuff, setting up a lot of stuff for us over the next like couple months here in the coalition, and then obviously doing my own thing and uh, checking out a couple things, you know, on like YouTube and, and stuff like that. I've been guesting on some podcasts, or I'm setting up to be guesting on some podcasts for us, which is going to be very very cool. I'm uh, going to be on a variety of different shows throughout this the end of this month. It's a next month and the following month that you guys are going to be pretty interested to see. You know, I'll be talking about it on social media and stuff, so you never know. It's going to be pretty dope. Awesome. Sounds good. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, so I'm going to go to you next, Gary. Uh, what have you been playing and what have you been up to? 
Um, so in terms of what I've been playing, of course, I've been playing Overwatch. Uh, nothing new to report there, but the Overwatch League is now back, so I've been watching a lot of that also. Um, and besides that, I actually finally got to try Apex Legends. Um, so I gave that a go a couple of days ago because, you know, a lot of people from Overwatch are kind of migrating to that game. And I have to say, it's, it's a pretty fun game. Um, uh, I, I like that, you know, each character is unique and has their own unique abilities, very much like Overwatch. Uh, but obviously, the entire game is, is structured differently from Overwatch. But um, I do like that touch uh, that, you know, you, each character has their own uh, abilities to offer the, the squad and everything. Um, and I like that there's like a... a I like how they do the character select thing where you have to like take turns to select the character you want and things like that. Um, it, I think that something like that would make Overwatch um, kind of fun as well. Like if there was a mode like that where it's on a timer or something and each person has to pick who they want, like that would be an interesting dynamic in, in Overwatch. Because the way Overwatch works is like you have to insta lock your character so somebody else doesn't. Um, so yeah, I mean. It, it might force people to play different characters instead of being too comfortable with one character. But, um, yeah, uh, there's a lot to learn, though, in Apex Legends, because I have to get to know which weapons are, you know, actually good and which ones I'm comfortable with using, as well as I have to learn what each ability does for the different characters in the game, because uh, I've only, like, played, like, three of the characters, and, uh, for a lot of them, I still don't know what I'm supposed to be doing with their abilities and things. Um, I only kind of mastered the healer character, and I, that's because I'm used I'm used to playing healers in games, so um, there was some familiarity there, I guess. But um, yeah, Apex Legends, I, I like the art style as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it follows the same kind of formula as Fortnite and these other battle royale games. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't do much new in you know in terms of originality. It's just the fact that you know each character has their own abilities and things like that. Um, but it's fun. It seems fun. Um, a lot more fun than than Fortnite to me personally. But I know there's some that would disagree. So, yeah, uh, Apex Legends, cool. I need to play it more. Get used to it a bit more. Hopefully, I'll get a squad together. Um, and that's pretty much it. Um, oh, I did play some more Mass Effect Andromeda too, but uh, I don't really have much new to offer on that, you know, besides what I said last week. So that's it. Sounds good. Uh, I really do wish that I had an opportunity to play Apex Legends. Maybe I will jump into that at some point uh, over the next few days. But uh, yeah, I'll talk about it next week, hopefully. Um, and as for what I have been playing, uh, really only two games. Uh, the first game I have been playing, yes, I have been playing Metro Exodus. I'm actually doing a review and a few other things for this game. So stay tuned for that because that'll be on the site this week. I wish that I could have gotten it done sooner, but uh, I did receive the game a little bit late. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely talk about it. But what I will say is, in my personal opinion, you know, I haven't played... Far Cry, New Dawn, and I have not played Jump Force yet, nor Crackdown 3, but I, I do think that um, 
in my personal opinion so far, Metro Exodus, this is probably one of the uh, better games that did release on the 15th, because I know all four of these games came out on um, the 15th. And what I have seen in terms of the scores, uh, the critics seem to agree, because Metro Exodus has been getting great scores across the board. Uh, so for those who do like first-person shooters, uh, it is a great first-person shooter game, although it definitely requires you to think a little bit more in terms of, of how you do things uh, from a strategy standpoint. Because again, you have to maintain your filters. Uh, just like in the other games, you have to maintain your filters and you know, whenever, you know, based on the weather conditions and stuff, you have to all constantly clear your mask. You have to do that on a consistent basis. Also, you have to worry about how you manage your ammo. Now, they do have an option where you can play the game on an easier setting and then when you start to shoot people, it's just, uh, you know, you'll have more access to more ammo. But if you play it on the setting it's meant to be played on, it is definitely challenging uh, between fighting humans and then fighting the mutants. But from what I've played so far, it's a great game. Uh, if you like story-driven games, it does have a couple of interesting twists and turns in the storyline as well. Uh, and it does have a lot of side missions you can do. Uh, I believe the game initially is about 10 to 12 hours, just the story, if you just play just the story. But with the side missions, it can go up to like 24 or 25 hours. Um, so I have been playing that extensively, enjoying it a lot. So uh, stay tuned for my impressions, which will be on the website sometime this week. Uh, but yeah, I definitely say if you're a fan of first-person shooters uh, that have a narrative behind them, then you definitely should check out this game. And you don't necessarily need to play the other two entries uh, because it does give you a fair amount of content to, keep, to, to bring you up to date as to everything that's happened so far. But yeah, fantastic game. Hopefully it does well sales-wise. But yeah, definitely worth checking out. Um, and the other game that I have been playing... Uh, I'm not really going to speak too much on this game. I just want to let everybody know that I do have it. I have been playing Trials Rising. Um, so look for my impressions on this game. Uh, I want to say within the next couple of days. But um, so far, uh, if you are a Trials fan, I think you're going to definitely want to check this out. That's, that's all I can say for right now. <laughs> but um, that pretty much covers uh, what I have been playing and what we've all been playing. So uh, we're going to go in and we're going to jump right into the news topics because uh, there is quite a bit to, to discuss. Now, uh, before I get to this story about Anthem, because I know Gary absolutely wants to talk about this story, I just want to mention this briefly. I know last week we spoke about what was going on with uh, the rumored Activision Blizzard layoffs. Um, and we did receive that unfortunate news this week that it was roughly 800 people that were let go at Activision Blizzard. And on top of that, I, there was also the news, for whatever reason, they decided to also reveal the news that the next Call of Duty coming out this year is going to have a campaign. So I don't really care too much about the Call of Duty news, but uh, I did want to ask you both your thoughts on what happened and the fact that it was so many people, because I definitely wasn't expecting it to be 800 people. Uh, getting let go so very devastating to hear that news but I just wanted to get you guys quick thoughts on that um, how about you go first Gary since uh, this apparently will not be impacting Overwatch based on the statement that they released uh, yeah I mean 
it, it doesn't affect Overwatch, but I, I do know that uh, there were people who were let go from the esports division, and um, mm. you know, a few people from the Overwatch League. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it always sucks. Like we said last week, this always sucks to hear when people lose their jobs. You know, especially when it's like people you somewhat know of as well. Uh, there was like a photographer that that uh, you know we we because uh, I used to write for an Overwatch League site. And there was this photographer that we always used to credit in our articles because of the, the amazing pictures he captured. And, you know, he was one of the people who was kind of let go. So whenever you know of people who were let go like that, you know, it just makes it even more, you know, um, upsetting to hear that news. Um, and it's especially sad when you, you uh, realize that it's because, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to make they're trying to save money and they're trying to have more money so that they can pay the new cfo a hefty bonus because he's got like a 15 million dollar bonus and you know they had to free up some cash so that they could pay that bonus um so it's like you know to get that one cfo they sacrifice like all this stuff basically um and i'm hearing there's a lot of cost cutting going on in the company as well so I don't know how much that is going to affect all of the games at Activision Blizzard and stuff, but um, I guess we'll see what the effects of this will be in the future, but it definitely sucks to hear. Oh, yeah. Um, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, I mean, I know that they already said there are other games that they're pretty much not going to be impacted by this, but again, don't really know how concrete that information is. I just know it's unfortunate to hear about layoffs. I mean, I know it happens frequently in this industry as well as others but still it's it's bad to hear and it's also especially bad to hear when the people who are fired receive little to no warning at all that this is going to happen it's like you go to work and then that same day end of the day oh yeah don't bother coming back tomorrow i I really hate when that stuff happens especially on that level but um yeah uh you have any uh additional thoughts you want to share on this mr lugo Honestly, no. I think that most of what could be said about those layoffs has already been said all over the place. So, yeah, it really sucks, and and it's a damn shame to hear about this stuff, especially when we know it's coming. So hopefully everybody that got let go and everybody that's feeling the effects of that can actually land on their feet elsewhere. Yes, absolutely. I agree. But, yes, we do wish them well, and uh, we shall see what comes from all of this. So um, I think we'll move on now to topic that uh i believe gary definitely has a lot to say on uh for those who do have origin i believe it's origin premiere i believe you have to correct me if i'm wrong gary if you have origin premiere okay so if you have origin premiere uh you are you were able to start playing anthem as soon as this past friday whereas everybody who has pre-ordered the legion of doom edition or the regular edition cannot play the game until next week i believe so yep. I believe I believe you wanted to talk about this uh, and ask our thoughts on EA Access and how that's also involved. So I'm going to give the floor over to you on this topic. Yeah, well, you know, I wanted to get your guys' perspective on this as well. But uh, before I, you know, ask you guys a question, uh, basically what's happened is um, obviously we saw that chart before that EA put out um, where, you know, it showed, it detailed who could play the game early and for how long. Um, so if you have the EA Premier subscription, which is like uh, £70 in the UK, I'm not sure on the, the US price, um, you will get full access, so like you, full, the full game 
um, a week early so uh, people were actually able to get the game on um, Thursday I believe it was supposed to be on uh, or do I have, no I think I have this mixed up I think Friday was the actual day but you were supposed to be able to get it on Thursday but EA messed up and didn't release it on you know on the, the right time that they were supposed to and then I think people actually got it on Friday or at least people in the UK I'm not sure what time it was in the US but yeah um, so people got the f access to the full game early whereas uh, people who have EA access they get a 10 hour trial of the game and they have to wait for the full game till next week so that caused an uproar people were upset that PC players who have Premiere had that extra extra option where they could play the game the full game um, and to add on top of that there were there were glitches and bugs in the game that allowed people to get extra content um so like at at the start of the game you had people getting access to all the javelins uh they they got access to you know um i think it was like weapons and things like that that they they weren't supposed to have already um and i don't think these these things are being taken away from the players either but they are they did fix the bug um, so, you know, when people join the game next week, that's not going to be a problem. Um, so the people who did play early, you know, they got that. They Some of them at least got that early advantage, you know, by getting extra stuff. Um, so that caused an uproar. People feel like they're unfairly treated. Um, I have to say myself, because I pre-ordered the Legion of Dawn edition, which was £70. Um, I mean, I, I they should throw me a bone, man. They should just be like, you know what? These guys paid a lot of money for this edition. Let's just let them play too. You know, like, at least throw us a bone like, and let us play a little early. Like, you know, we're spending a lot of money on this game. We're putting a lot of faith in EA, especially after what happened with Battlefront. So, you know, they, they need to stop being stush and just, like, let us play, man. But, um, yeah, I mean, overall, though, I mean... If, if that's how the service is, if that's the benefits of this service that they're offering is that you get to play early, then fair enough, you know. Um, and I don't like people complaining on consoles. I, I think they just feel left out that they don't get the full game. But, you know, you guys, you don't have PC. So I wanted to ask you guys, do you feel it's unfair that PC gamers get access to the full game a week early? Or, you know, do you feel that it's fair, like, given the terms of the service and everything? Honestly, honest to God, I don't think it's something that us as console gamers that are strictly just console gamers for the most part should be complaining about something like this. Because if we're going to complain about something like this, we also have to complain for the majority of games out there that don't have to pay for online services with PC games. I know that's another thing for people that are in the PC market, that their online capabilities aren't something that I have to pay yearly. So it's kind of like a non-argument. I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of different perks for both sides, both PC and, and console gamers out there. For this, I mean, if it's a perk of the service and, you know, people that are joining up on this, that's something that they get like that, I don't think it's that much of a big deal. It's not, it's not entirely supremely unfair from the sounds of it. It's not like something where 
it's a huge disparage in the type of experience that both platforms are going to get. Now, the thing with the glitches, though, as far as unlocking the extra content, that seems like there's something wrong on the back end that maybe EA should really look at and really kind of explore and actually clarify and maybe do something for both sides to kind of even things out, to kind of, you know, make nice with everybody that's going to be checking out the game. But as far as, like, being upset because they get a little bit more early access, that's the same thing with EA Access already with other games. They've done that before in the past, I know, on Xbox One with a few other titles. I don't remember which specific ones, but I know they've done that before, and it wasn't a big deal back then. Yeah, yeah, so... Uh, those are good thoughts. Uh, I, 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 you know, the, the thing with EA Access, and I, you know, you have to correct me if I'm wrong, Gary. I believe that if you have EA Access and you play Anthem, it's only the 10 hour demo. I don't know if it's the full game. Um, at least I haven't heard anybody that has told me yet they're able to play the full game of Anthem right Wait, now. Wait, say, say that again. So, so yeah, just correct me if I'm wrong. If you have EA, EA access on Xbox, you're only able to play 10 hours of Anthem. Yeah, right? yeah, you're not able yeah. To if you have, if you have access on console, yeah, you can only play 10 hours. But PC gamers who have EA Premier can play the full game. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, so my 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 own my only complaint with this is, I think if anyone purchased that Legion of Dawn edition. I think they should have access to to the game right now because yeah you're paying. I agree more with that. Was it what? I said I agree with that, especially because they dropped more money on that special edition. I don't understand that with some game companies where they'll have a collector's edition or a special edition that's like the ultimate edition for their game, but they won't give those people that drop that extra money all the extra perks for all the other previous editions. I think that the exclusivity lines there get a little bit messed up because the people who pay more should be able to get all the stuff that they're paying for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I know when Ubisoft... Or any other person that they do like a gold edition or the ultimate edition of a game, that means the game will come out a couple of days early, and you know, depending on whatever platform it's on, it's available that's that day on all platforms. So, uh, yeah, that that's the only issue that I have. That I, I would think if yeah, if you've got that edition, you definitely should get the game early, no doubt about that. But um, I do understand, yeah, for those that pay the fifteen dollars extra, I believe. For the premium service on Origin, um, okay, I guess that's fine uh, for those, you know, because they they did pay the additional on top of whatever uh, whatever edition of the game they got. So that's fine if you want to give them early access. But yeah, anyone that got that deluxe edition, they should have access to that game like right now. So I, uh, I agree because I'm one of those people who, who spent that seventy pounds, and I'm feeling very left out right now considering I spent so much money. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so you you can't play the game officially until launch day. Then that's what that's what you, that's what it, that's what you were told. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm able to preload the game, and I did that. I, I already have the game preloaded on Origin, but I just can't play it till till launch day. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I don't think I don't think that's a wise decision. I think, I think there's something that we should also acknowledge. Maybe this is why that's the case. Maybe it has something to do with the online servers. Like maybe it has something to do with the sheer amount of people that are going to dive into it when the game finally releases out. That they're probably trying to control the amount of people, at least right now, that they could see like you know the stress stress test, like their their uh, their ability to like you know have all those people on at the same time. That could be a thing. I could be totally wrong, but let's also acknowledge that as well. That could also be a thing with other companies that probably do something similar, especially since Anthem is such an online centric game. 
Yeah, I mean that that's that could be part of you know their reasoning and logic here, but to put a you know a monetary value on getting on getting in the game early is kind of in poor taste when there's other games out there who who like who had look at Warframe it's a completely free game like and they rarely have any server issues there's other game releases that go smoothly like maybe for like an hour or something the server is disconnected and um you know after that it runs smooth and also like even with this that when the game went live for the for the ea premiere people there was server connection uh connection disruptions then so they still had server issues anyway so i mean if that's their reasoning, then I mean they didn't do a good job anyway. So, I feel you on that. I, I still think it could be a possibility, but I, I definitely feel you on that. Yeah, and 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 th- and I believe this is the first of the, the first time the first game that's part of this uh, EEA uh, Origin Premium service where they are doing this type of thing. So I'll be very curious to see what happens with the other games EA has planned for later this year. Uh, whether or not it's going to be the same situation. But we'll see about that. But uh I mean we'll see we'll see about Anthem next week. Uh obviously those who, you know, watch videos on YouTube, I, I will warn you to be careful because I'm pretty sure there's already spoilers out there because people have the access to the game early. So if you're looking forward to Anthem, I, I would say avoid YouTube for a couple of days. Um but uh yeah, I think that adds to it as well. The fact that there's people streaming and putting up content and people are just salty because it's like, you know, people are like ruining the first player experience and, you know, they, they're, you know, they just feel left out, I guess. Like, but, um, yeah. But yeah, because I saw like a influx of Anthem content on that day when the game went live. So I could imagine people being a bit salty just seeing all that Anthem content. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But did you did you two guys uh, pre-order Anthem? Can I expect to to see you guys? No, that? no, Uh-oh. I, I Uh-oh. did not care about <laughs> Anthem. To be honest with you, the thing is, is that I never got on board with the hype with that with a lot of people. Because keep in mind, when we were hearing about that game, a lot of us were either still playing Destiny two or a lot of us were still playing other games similar. I know Black Ops four, obviously, big thing. And we saw that game. We saw Anthem even back at E three. If I remember correctly, as far as if I got my time frames right and stuff, but I, I was never really kind of—I never really felt that game, to be honest with you. So, so to, to answer the question, I I also understand uh, where Mr. Lugo is coming from. I mean, I I recall last year we went to EA Play, and we couldn't even get into the actual conference. So that was, was that, already that's part of it too. I'm not gonna lie, that is part of it too. <laughs> Oh yeah, so so you know, I already had a bad taste in my mouth with EA, and at, from based on that show, it, yeah, the show looked disappointing from what we did see. Because I know me and Max went to go watch it at a nearby cafe, uh, but uh, I still am going to pick up Anthem only because uh, I want to see why this game has a lot of hype behind it. Uh, I know a lot of people looked at it, and we had the joke: "This is Destiny Three." It looks like. So I, I'm I'm curious to see what all the hype is about with this game so I, I definitely will be getting it but unfortunately Gary as you already know uh I am going to get beginning a gaming PC but that that the game will be out by the time I get that PC so I don't know if I'm gonna get it on PC yet so you might not see me on PC but uh we'll see what happens 
man i will celebrate the day rich finally gets his pc yeah uh yeah you know so you know in march for sure i i will be on pc with some games but uh february i don't know about that because it's gonna take a while for me to get the system but uh yeah I, i will definitely check out anthem so looking forward to seeing and i so i you know next week we'll definitely have something to say about anthem because we will both have played it so i look forward to talking about it then and seeing whether or not the game is actually good <laughs> yeah we'll we'll all find out soon enough absolutely so uh I- I- any other thoughts before we move on to uh the next topic no let's move on okay so this next topic, uh, I'm actually going to give the floor over to Mr. Lugo because I know that he saw it. But uh, we finally, finally found out about the Nintendo Direct that took place this past week. So feel free to let us know some of the highlights from that show, Mr. Lugo. Yeah, sure. There, there was a lot of big things that happened, both good and bad big things all over the place. Some of which we knew what was coming because remember, we even talked about it, I believe, on the co-op at one point about the leaks for this Nintendo Direct that people were speculating about and also the stuff that was posted up, I believe it was on Reset Era. So this is kind of like a good follow-up and a good follow-through with that type of stuff and that conversation we had. So overall, they, we had some big game reveals and big uh, updates to some games that are going to be coming out very, very soon. So obviously, the the show started off with Super Mario Maker 2, which I'm surprised they actually went with Super Mario Maker 2 and not just Super Mario Maker for Nintendo Switch. I think that's pretty cool. That's very telling about their awareness for the way that people were really talking about this game, or at least what the next iteration of Mario Maker was going to be. That's pretty cool. It's going to get a whole bunch of extra objects and other stuff, and I believe also uh, additional things down the line towards June of this year. So if you're into Mario Maker, if you bought it on both uh, Wii U and also 3DS, you might be down with this on Nintendo Switch, because that's where the majority of people are going to be at, obviously. Um, We also got some extra stuff for Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, We're getting the 3.0 update. Uh, We got a little bit of a, a little tease of joker which is the vi- the first big smash brothers dlc character that's going to be coming out for the game um i'm look- excited about that you guys probably know that i think i've talked about this with you guys in the past before but i'm excited about that and i'm curious to know by the time we get a uh, joker not only get him as a character but also get his uh his stage, which we didn't get a hint of in this direct, but remember, every Smash Brothers character as DLC is going to have their own stage to come along with it, as well as also music. We didn't get any sort of like you know hint of that, but I'm pretty sure we're going to see that very very soon because it's going to be coming out around the springtime, if I'm who's, not mistaken, uh, about March, right? Quick question: Whose palace do you think w- would be the main level? For, I think it's going to. I think it's going to be either the first palace you go to out of Persona Five, or it's just going to be a generic like amalgamation of them because. Uh, there's a lot of different places they could go with, but I think it's gonna be the first one with the with the teacher, the the one for uh, what is it for not Risa, um, uh, what is it uh for uh Panther Panther's Palace when when you finally like go into her thing and deal with her story, yeah. but either way, whatever that stage is gonna be, I think it's gonna be very stylized. It's gonna be very cool, but I'm also really excited about the music. I'm really curious to know what they're gonna do with the musical remixes, or if we're gonna get Persona 5 music on top of other Persona music. That's what I think is gonna be really exciting for that, on top of Joker being playable as a character, which I think is gonna be a whole nother uh, thing. We're gonna get a trailer, I'm pretty sure, at some point, which is gonna be nice. It's gonna be really dope. Um, besides that, though, there's some other stuff from the Direct. We got Box Boy and Box Girl. Um, not really my thing, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people love this. I think they it was on Nintendo 3DS, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they were gonna sequel to that game. 
in box boy and box girl which is more puzzle platforming stuff which is pretty cool uh we're getting kept into a treasure tracker dlc which is pretty cool uh extra levels and extra stuff with that game uh marvel ultimate alliance 3 they talked a little bit about they showed a little bit of it not really a whole lot of stuff but i'm excited about that game you guys know i love marvel ultimate alliance and that was a really cool surprise to see at the game awards uh last year at the end of last year i should say uh, i'm looking forward to that i can't wait to see more about that game and then obviously the big one uh better yet no i'll wait on the big one because there's a couple other ones in here that i'm looking at um bloodstained ritual of the night that's finally coming out later this year towards like i want to say uh the summer or at least the fall oh, no yeah fall the, fall the summer or summer the fall uh of 2019 finally we're getting at least a window of when this game might be dropping on all platforms which is great you guys know i got a chance to play bloodstained ritual of the night back at e3 i think it was two years ago when we finally went to e3 i played it on xbox one though i don't know if you guys got a chance to dive into any of the other demo stuff with bloodstained rich and gary but uh when i played it it was pretty cool i got to play it with Igasan, which was nice uh the game is shaping up to be very interesting i'm curious to see what other stuff has changed about that game since i first laid hands on it but uh, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to seeing it how it runs on Nintendo Switch, because I know a lot of people are probably thinking about getting this on PlayStation 4, but I think it's going to be really cool to play this game on Nintendo Switch. So besides that, they talked a little bit about Tetris 99, which released that day, and people, myself included, have been playing it nonstop. It's been pretty awesome. Again, it's that same type of Battle royal gameplay design philosophy, but kind of applying it to the Tetris philosophy, which is just, again, straightforward puzzle gameplay where people are constantly doing stuff, and now you're throwing 99 people going up against each other like that. So when I've been playing, I've been scoring pretty high in like the low teens or like the high 20s as far as ranking, so that's pretty cool. But uh, they also talked about a couple other games, and the big uh, focus of the entire Direct, which wasn't the mic drop moment, but it was a really kind of main topic of the show, was Fire Emblem Three Houses. We got a little bit of a better look at Fire Emblem Three Houses. We got some, obviously, characters, cutscenes, gameplay stuff, which looks pretty damn cool. I know a lot of people, myself included, that are into Fire Emblem like that are really looking forward to this. Again, I want to get more details about the story and like a couple other stuff. And some of the other things, including some of the bonds that you could form, because that's become a thing in the later Fire Emblem games of more recent, including Fire Emblem Awakening and Fire Emblem Fates. And I think also Fire Emblem Warriors has something similar, if I'm not mistaken, because I never played Warriors, but that's been a thing for the Fire Emblem games now. And I want to know how all that's going to be implemented into Three Houses. It's a Fire Emblem game for Nintendo Switch. I know a lot of people are tired of this series, especially with Smash Brothers and the mobile game and all that stuff, but it's a very big series for Nintendo, especially in Japan. And I doubt we're going to see any less of it anytime soon. Uh, a couple other things I do want to mention before I get to the big one, which I really want to touch on. Uh, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice is coming to Switch, which is awesome. That game is really good from a lot of people that have played it have told me. Uh, a lot of people are going to play this on Switch. Again, uh, if you haven't played Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, it was a whole big... Uh, it, there was a whole big what to do about it with uh, you know mental health and it was a really kind of interesting game that had something to say, which I think is pretty cool. And now people that have Nintendo Switch can now play it on the go, which is great. Uh, Deltarune is also coming. The first chapter of Deltarune is coming February 28th at the end of this month. Uh, it's a Nintendo Switch, and I'm pretty. Sh- and that chapter is going to be free, and then other chapters are going to come later on. I'm guessing every single month we're probably going to get a new chapter as they release. That's pretty cool. Uh, they also talked a little bit about Yoshi's Crafted Worlds, which is the sequel to Yoshi's Woolly Worlds. Looks good, looks cute, still looks freaking cute. Uh, again, looks very cuddly overall. If you can't look at Yoshi's Woolly Worlds or any of the Yoshi style, Yarn Yoshi style games and not just smile, it's just, there's just a cuteness to it that's very gravitating. And then finally, also Final Fantasy IX and Final Fantasy VII coming to Nintendo Switch. And I think they even talked about Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon, which is also coming to Nintendo Switch, I believe, in March. 
Now, funny enough, everybody keeps saying, myself included, where's Final Fantasy VIII? Now, I did get some weird kind of unconfirmed clarification about why Final Fantasy VIII's having problems, you know, with Square Enix, or at least why Square Enix is having problems with Final Fantasy VIII and porting it to places like Nintendo Switch and elsewhere. It has something to do, I think, with the licensing for some of the music, which I believe is Eyes on Me, which is specifically the track Eyes on Me. Now, that's unconfirmed. Again, I don't have any insider info. I was only told this through another person that's probably like talking to other people that know better than I do. But that seems to be the general message about what's going on with Final Fantasy VIII. But 7 and 9 are coming to Nintendo Switch. I know later on this year, we're going to get 10 and 12, the Zodiac Age. So 10 and 10 to HD remaster and Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age are also coming to Nintendo Switch. That's pretty cool. And we're getting Chocobo Mystery Dungeon on Nintendo Switch. And we're getting Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles on Nintendo Switch very soon. I believe. I think it's in the next couple months. I want to say uh, late springtime into the summer. I, I don't remember the exact time frame, but that's a lot of good Square Enix stuff that's coming, man. Now, on top of that, there was some other stuff as well. There were some other games that they did dive into, which again, I don't have it listed here, but there was a couple other reveals. Uh, Platinum Games, uh, next game. Uh, I can't remember the name. If you guys, Rich or Gary, you could find that because there was that and there was also the game that was done by the studio who did I Am Setsuna, which is a action RPG that looked dope, but I can't remember its name right now. And I want to make sure that we tell our listeners if you guys could look that up in a second. But while you guys are looking that up, let's talk about the big reveal. Uh, was it at- Astral, Astral tr- uh, Chain? Astral Chain, I think. Is, is that the-, the Platinum game? That's the Platinum Games one? Yeah, Astral Platinum Chain. Games. Yeah. Okay, now, and also find out the other one that was done by the I Am Setsuna group, which is the action RPG, because but Astro Chain looks pretty cool. I think that game is going to have some co-op uh, capabilities with it, because there's two characters that are in that trailer that they're really kind of like focusing on and stuff. I think that's going to be very, very interesting. And again, uh, the next game from Hideki Kami, who's the guy who created Bayonetta. I mean, that guy, again, his resume speaks for itself, and a lot of people are very excited about it, myself included. So while you're looking for that other game, and, uh, I do want to talk about, obviously, the big reveal, which is the Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening remake for Nintendo Switch. Now, it's just called the Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. And funny enough, a lot of people notice that the typeface for the logo and a lot of the other stuff that they have on there is the same typeface that they're using for Breath of the Wild. So there's a little bit of, like, influence there going on with Nintendo and stuff. But this is a remake of Link's Awakening. And the way it looks, you know, the very brief look that we got there we got an anime cutscene at the very beginning which i think looks awesome i think that's cool if all the cutscenes in that remake are like that i'm totally down with it the gameplay looks very a little bit more cutesy and kitty compared to the legend of zelda a link between worlds which also had the same type of like cartoony art style to it but this one a little bit more so and i think it works for Link's Awakening. I think it works for this style of game. Again, it's a different Zelda game, completely different, obviously, and removed from the style we get from Breath of the Wild, but it still falls in line with that cartoony, fun, whimsical, fantastical take on a Zelda game. And I'm really down with that. I'm really excited. I think it's cool. Link's Awakening is one of those classic games from the Game Boy era. Again, if you played Link's Awakening or Link's Awakening Deluxe or DX, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. It's going to be very cool to see a lot of those moments from that game be reimagined for a modern era. And I think that's going to be awesome. It's the same thing, but even more so than what we got with Link Between Worlds, which the Link Between Worlds, for anybody that didn't know or didn't play it, was a little bit of like a pseudo remake of A Link to the Past, which I still think... We're going to get other Zelda games at some point that have this kind of like remake treatment to it. And I would be really, really curious if this one does successful. If Link's, if a Link to, what is it? Link's Awakening does very successful on Nintendo Switch, what is the next one that we get? I would love to see the Oracle games get remade. 
I think because those games were done by Capcom. They had a high quality on the Game Boy Color. It'd be very cool to see those games revisited again. It'd be really, really interesting. But I'm excited about that. Gary, did you find out that other game from the I Am Sensina people or not? Yes, uh, uh, on- Oninaki. 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 I think that's how you pronounce it. Oninaki. Yeah, some, something Oniniki. like that. I yeah. apologize for butchering it. But yeah, that's the that's the name of the game. Yeah, that game, okay, besides Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, is another game I'm excited for because that's done by the same team over at Square Enix that made I Am Setsuna, and it's an action RPG, and their games, you know, I think it's Tokyo RPG Factory, I think is the full name of them, where they make a lot of, like, old-school takes on, like, Japanese role-playing games that have a lot more of that retro style and still to them. Like, if you love games that are very, very deep with their story and, and character-oriented and get more into what you would find with like a Chrono Trigger or like a, one of the earlier Final Fantasy games. That studio knows all about that stuff. And I, it's going to be curious and interesting to see how they translate that type of stuff into, instead of a turn-based RPG gameplay, into active time or re- pretty much action RPG gameplay. So I'm looking forward to it. Those those are at least my picks for some of the cool stuff that we got from that Nintendo Direct. But, you know, what, what do you guys think about all that stuff? There's a lot in there to unpack. Yeah, um, I, I'm excited by anything Square Enix do. So that new, um, you know, RPG, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what people think of that. Uh, it's cool that everyone will get to experience, you know, all those old Final Fantasy games too. But I'm sure those are available on every system. So, I mean, you know, if you haven't played them yet, then what are you doing? Um, and I'm also intrigued by uh, Mario Maker 2 because I want to see, you know, where where how far they take the the approach this time around with that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything else looks cool. But you know, N- Nintendo isn't like my system of choice, of course. But there's a few things that intrigue me here and there, and um, I know that it's a great console to get if you love JRPGs. And I do love JRPGs, so sometime in the future I will guess which. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Uh, as as for me, um, uh, you know, I did have a Switch. Uh, I don't have a Switch anymore. I definitely need to get a, get a Switch once again. But Fire Emblem is a series that I have been interested in getting into. So I, I definitely will make sure that I jump into that as soon as I get a Switch. Um, so I, yeah, definitely that announcement I, I did like to hear. Uh, the Zelda announcement, I understand why that's a big deal because I know that Nintendo definitely wants to do more Zelda games, especially after the massive reception that Breath of the Wild got. So glad to hear about the Zelda game. I definitely would check that out as well. Um, and there's a lot, there's a lot, a lot of games that they did announce that I'm interested in as a whole. Uh, some of the more independent games, and then there were there's one game in particular because I know that uh, I will give a shout out to Mr. Adam Vale. One game that he put me on to that I definitely do intend to check out. That's uh, called uh, Modern Combat Blackout. It's pretty much looks like a Call of Duty type of game on the Switch. But I saw some gameplay from that the other day, and that game looks absolutely fantastic. I, I'm very curious to see, like, actually see how it looks close up on the Switch. Um, but yeah, uh, pretty much all, all of the games that was mentioned in that direct, definitely interesting in a lot of those games. So I definitely need to get a Switch ASAP so I can try out all these new, new experiences. And I will at least definitely make sure I have it by the time Fire Emblem comes out. So uh, 
I can see with that. So, so there's something I think I should also mention before I forget, which I think was also a topic of discussion right before the Nintendo Direct came out, because a lot of people thought this is what we were going to get at some point, but we didn't. Uh, Metroid Prime Trilogy HD on, on uh, Nintendo Switch, or Metroid Prime Trilogy uh, for yeah. Switch. Now, here's the thing about this, and I think I said this on social media afterwards. Uh, I think that that's still ready to go. I know a couple other people say that they believe that's already ready to go and that's going to be a thing. I think we're going to get that, especially right before Metroid Prime 4 comes out. But I think this was the wrong time to reveal it. And I'm glad that if that was the case, they didn't show that because obviously the previous news not too long ago, which I think we talked about on this podcast, uh, Metroid Prime 4 is getting its development pushback, that they're going back to the drawing board and doing more things with that, which I think is great. I'm pretty sure come E3, we'll see more about that game at some point. But I think now... For, for this direct, this wasn't the right time to talk about that in light of all that stuff happening prior. I think that if that development was still going well and like they were moving much more further ahead rather than redoing stuff, we probably would have heard about it by now. I think that come E3 time, when we go see the Nintendo Direct there, you know, during online and stuff, I think that's when we're finally like start to hear about it. And in light also, or at least alongside a reveal of Metroid Prime 4. That makes more sense to me like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, and 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 I also add that um, you know Nintendo has to save some surprises for uh, the e the E three show. So uh, pretty sure we'll definitely hear about that again, definitely before the year is over. So, I think that I think that we're going to get another direct uh, as we get closer to the release of Joker for Smash, which I think is when we also might get a tease for what the next character might be. But I think we're going to get a ton more come E three this year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I I, I I I certainly agree. I certainly agree. But uh, overall, I would say uh, an excellent direct. Um, I, I did have to watch most of it uh, at a later time. Wasn't able to see it live, but uh, I, I this have to was say totally you- worth the wait, though. I de- I think it was definitely worth the wait. I don't know if it lived up to as much as the hype, but there was some cool moments in this direct. Not gonna lie. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I'm always excited to see what Nintendo does. So I'm looking forward to seeing what else they announce as the year goes on. And uh, as I said, definitely we'll make make sure I pick up a Switch soon so I can uh, try out some of these other games. But uh, overall, I think that was the full wrap-up of of the Direct. So thank you for definitely uh, informing everybody who might have missed it. Uh, Definitely a a lot of fun things to look forward to. So uh, on that note, uh, I guess we'll move on to the next topic. Uh, Now, this topic, obviously, this is kind of like it's two different topics. They're both related to Sony. So first and foremost, let's address the first one. Um, Gary, I believe you you know a little bit more about this particular story, but we'll just say that, you know, Sean Layden, you know, obviously Dice Dice is going on this, this, this past week and Sean Layden did do a couple of different interviews talking about Sony. I know that one of those interviews, he mentioned that Sony wants to focus on releasing fewer uh, big titles every year. This is why, um, you know, we know Days Gone. They said that's coming out around April 26th, I believe. We haven't heard any release dates for the other titles yet, which I'm pretty sure will change. But uh, also in that same interview, he did mention that Sony is now open to cross-play. But as the story that, that Gary is talking about, there was one developer of a recently released indie title called Wargrove. 
said that that said said that when they tried to do cross play for their game earlier this year because it came out I think a couple of weeks ago, uh, Sony told them no. So Gary, please feel free to tell us more about this particular story, where it came from, and uh, what the issue is going on here between Sony and uh, Crossplay. Yeah, well, you, you kind of summed it up uh, yourself. So basically, you know, when when Sean Layden was asked, um, you know, about Crossplay on PS4, his stance was basically like, you know, people keep saying, why doesn't Sony allow? more people to have it and and then he went on to say we're actually open for business on this like we're just waiting for the publishers to approach us with a with a good plan and you know something that's beneficial and and you know basically all that um there's actually a quote i could read um so he said he said uh people keep saying why doesn't sony allow more people to have it we're open for business all it takes is for publishers and developers who wish to uh permission it as ever i work with your playstation account manager and they will walk you through the steps what we've learned through our partnership with epic on how this works um so yeah so that was basically what he said and then um you know like you said the developer came back and said and, and said uh basically when they tried to get their game approved for crossplay on ps4 sony said no so conflicting information there from from both sides and um if I give my own opinion on this, I really don't think Sony wants crossplay. To be honest with you, like, um, <laughs> I, I think they're gonna try and sidestep it unless there's a specific deal or you know something that really benefits them. Like, th- there has to be a reason for them to want to allow crossplay to happen. Obviously, we already know it's possible because Epic slipped up and made it work. Um, I think it's just you know Sony does not want their network to to connect to you know Xbox and PC like they they don't want to give gamers incentive to get on other platforms they want everyone to be within their own platform and their own ecosystem so I I think that's the philosophy they have but Sean Layden you know um, people are kind of forcing him on this crossplay issue and he doesn't want to appear like he's not for the people so. He's kind. Of, I think he's kind of dancing a little bit. He's kind of dancing around the subject, uh, but I, I do feel eventually this has to happen though, uh, because people are are going to be on their case until crossplay is a thing. So between Xbox and PlayStation and PC, so uh, this is going to be reoccurring. Um, you know, um, so Sean Layden has to be prepared to to deal with this all the time until they allow it. Uh, me and JJ were having a conversation about this before the show started and um, you know JJ brought up the fact that there probably needs to be more incentives for Sony you know um, so that they're profiting from this you know being a thing and I agree like Sony you know they, they want to know that it's going to be beneficial for them if it happens uh, whereas you know Microsoft uh, the reality of the situation is that they're not the top brand this generation like you know in terms of consoles um, so they have to play ball. They have to give gamers what they want. They have to allow crossplay because you know it's something that uh, makes their system more appealing. Ultimately, so you know they're in the position where they have to allow this. Whereas Sony has sold like what well, was the, the the tally at the moment? Um, over a hundred million or something uh, <laughs> PS4s. So you know they they're in a position where they don't want to you know open up crossplay, but. 
as we go into a new generation of consoles you know obviously the ps5 and the next xbox are coming very soon um i think crossplay is going to be a standard next generation like i think every console is going to have to have crossplay like it's just it's gonna be a thing especially as we move towards this this big esports slash uh twitch streaming you know um world that we're in now like i think it's going to be very important that there's parity between the systems and that they're all able to play together so um that's my thoughts on it but what do you guys think honestly uh if again just random thoughts and again based off the combo we had earlier before i i think it's a lot has to do with, with with money exchange and also just the idea that people would buy uh, the microtransaction stuff, like the cosmetic stuff for like games like Fortnite and, and other things on the respective platform that they don't have to actually dive into on the PlayStation Network. So I think that, at least, again, it's very unconfirmed and that's really just talk between various different people and various different sources I've read up on and such. But I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case because why would you want to have your platform interact with another platform like that when you could have them come over here and buy all their type of stuff or even buy the game and like other things related to it on your own platform. The difference is, and I don't necessarily agree with you entirely that Microsoft necessarily has to play nice and actually get in on this. I think it's to their benefit though. I think it's to, uh, to only work with, work for them, I should say, not work against them, especially since Sony is kind of taking this stance. And Nintendo doesn't seem to have a problem with it at all. I think right now, can what is it, Nintendo Switch owners and, and Xbox One owners could play with each other, right, on, uh, on games like Fortnite? I could be wrong. But the thing is, is that uh, I think that over time, and I think sometime very soon as we go through 2019 to 2020, I think that Sony is going to buckle under the pressure. I think that now that you're starting to have developers come, start to come out and openly talk about this and be like, yo, Sony, like, come on, like, let, let's be real here. Let, let's do this. I think that developers really want to do this. And it's Sony that's kind of putting the red tape there because of things behind the scenes that we just don't know fully about. Even though, again, some of the stuff that I mentioned and such, I think that eventually we're going to get the full story because I think somebody's going to be brazen enough to openly talk about it. Outside of what we got from what Sean Layden was saying here and some of the other developers and other studios that have been talking about this in weird kind of like passive aggressive ways. But I, I really think that all this stuff is going to come at some point. It's going to be because Sony buckles underneath the pressure a little bit from developers specifically talking with them and maybe even doing other things for the other platforms because of that. You know, it could be a game of chess for them or at least for some people with some of this stuff. Uh, I don't really see the downside for us as gamers and consumers for something like this. I don't think there's anything that's really inherently bad for us to be able to play games, big games like Fortnite or other games. Like imagine being able to play Call of Duty across all three platforms like that or get matched up with people across all three platforms or, or games like Destiny 2 or games like Halo. Well, not necessarily Halo because Halo is not going to be on other platforms, but like a lot of the big third-party games or even, again, different genres besides first-person shooters. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat is going to be on everything for the most part. Imagine that, having cross-platform where you have that wider pool of people. That's going to be great. And I think a lot of people see the potential in that but there's probably just some other stuff that we just don't know about that's probably legal red tape or monetary red tape that at least sony cares about enough to take this stance for so long oh yes uh absolutely i mean i i agree with uh, with all the points that that uh both of you guys have made so far um i just think right now sony is in a position where Again, they're listening to the fans and they, they realize because Nintendo and Xbox have been so open 
about crossplay and making it this something where they have made it a point to say in the message, yes, we're doing this stuff. Now Sony does feel a little bit of the pressure uh, that they have to do this. So, I mean, it's fine for them to do it. I just think right now they're listening to the fans because they want to, again, maintain the position that they that they are. I mean, they are the number one. I mean, they have dominated this whole uh, generation, uh, you know, obviously with the console sold, so on and so forth. So as the top dog, definitely anything that you can do to continue to keep fan interests uh, at the top, you know, you definitely have to do it. So this is just a business decision. Um, so it's good that they are open to doing crossplay. As for the games that are w would allow this feature, I haven't really seen any of the major, major, uh, big, big publishers do this stuff yet. I mean, a lot of the, you know, Fortnite, obviously, yeah, they, they, they're, they're doing that with Fortnite. Um, but I haven't seen any of these other major games, like the games that, 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 that JJ mentioned, that hasn't happened yet. So I guess once that happens, then I guess you could say, okay, it is a major, major big deal, but it hasn't happened with Call of Duty, uh, yet or any of these other major titles yet. So I, I don't really know how big of a deal it is, but for Sony to open up and say that way they definitely will do it is good for those that are, that are concerned about that type of stuff. So that's totally fine with me. Um, one, one other thing I want to mention, because again, this is on the same topic of Sony, is that they also announced this week that Jim Ryan is now the new president slash CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment. Now, if that name doesn't sound familiar to you guys out there, this is the same guy that made the comment about when they was asking about backwards compatibility. And he said that he didn't really understand the value or why that is such an important feature where there already was rumors of a patent that Sony is working on to implement backwards compatibility into PS5. So the whole thing with backwards compatibility is, I think we've said a, a, a couple of times on this show, yeah, they definitely will have that, uh, that also, I think, on the next console. I think you have to have it just as an option because PlayStation now, not necessarily something that everybody's going to want to jump onto nor pay for. So I think um, him now being in charge of Sony Interactive Entertainment and, and making the stance of they're definitely going to focus on backwards compatibility, I, I think this is a good thing because, once again, in business, you see that your competitor is doing this. So you definitely should have some type of option uh, to really be more competitive on that level. Because, again, PlayStation Now, I mean, I haven't used the service. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of other people we know who have used it. Some enjoy it, but I just think uh, it's just something that should already be built into the system to have backwards compatibility. So this could be a good thing because I think they need to do this and they need to also offer cross-play for those that are interested in these features. So um, I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on Jim Ryan now taking on this role and what, what it could mean for Sony moving forward. I don't think anybody should use that comment against him like that. I think that it's an exciting thing because, you know, it could be interesting to see, like, what other stuff he'll bring to the table, especially now that PS5 is going to be a thing eventually. I think that's coming at some point. I, it's not a secret at, at this point in time. But as far as the backwards compatibility thing, I think he was making that comment because him and the rest of Sony were probably looking at stuff that we just don't have access to, that a lot of people, again, on social media and other places probably are very open and vocal about that. And again, I think it works to Microsoft's favor to be able to figure out how that stuff would work out 
and actually make that into a thing for their platform. And I do believe that PS5 is probably going to have a much more bigger emphasis on backwards compatibility, especially with PlayStation 4 stuff, since, again, so many people have dived into that platform. It'd be interesting to see how far back that goes. There's been talk about certain patents and certain things being passed around where you'll be able to be with ps5 go backwards compatible all the way to ps1 titles which would be very interesting if that's true it'd be very crazy but that being said however i think that moreover we should look at it as that again he's someone that's been with the company especially in the european uh sector of the of playstation at least at some events and stuff it's been reported he's been like the face of playstation over there while we had like people like chuhei yoshida and sean Layden, he was over there doing stuff for PlayStation and the European side of things. But I'm curious to see like what happens with him. It'd be kind of cool. I wish that they were going to E3 this year because then that would have been his first event as uh, president CEO. But apparently not since they're not going to be over there. Maybe if they get a PSX this year, it'll be kind of cool to see like what he brings to the table, what he talks about it, what PlayStation is like by the time that that actually rolls in. But who knows? You know, we're, we'll probably hear about something soon, especially with, again, new consoles going to be over the horizon. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm pretty sure Sony will. There may be some type of show this year, if I had to make a guess. But not being at E3, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm very curious to see how that will impact. Um, what that will mean for, for the future. But uh, Gary, you have any thoughts on uh, Jim Ryan taking over as the new president CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment? Yeah, I, I don't think he uh, should be you know crucified for that statement he made a while ago because i feel like there's you know executives that have made worse statements and Mm -hmm. survived you know the backlash and stuff so um you know i I don't think people should criticize him still for that comment um and congratulations to him for you know the new position and everything and um i do want to see what he brings to the table in terms of the future of playstation and whether you know he'll have any influence over PlayStation now and uh, backwards compatibility moving forward. Um, and yeah, I mean that's pretty much all I got to say. To be honest, uh, don't have too much. Yes, sounds good. So, um, I mean that pretty much covers the the news for Sony as far as the business side is. We'll definitely see what happens in the future as far as how both of these guys, well, how Jim Ryan impacts the brand and, uh, and obviously uh, what, what happens with crossplay moving forward. But uh, definitely a lot to look forward to and really ponder as uh, we eventually will hear news, I'm assuming, about PS5. So yeah, uh, shouts to Wesley in the chat. Um, he said Jim Ryan is the stern parent over there at Sony. He don't take no mess and gets things done. <laughs> well that's good that, that's that's great news to hear um <laughs> hey well looking forward to seeing what he does moving forward um okay so we probably should address uh this this other quick topic before we get to the main topic let's talk about uh a couple you know there, there was a story that i saw I, I wanted to mention this briefly so we don't need to spend a lot of time on this well, Ubisoft, uh, apparently, they had a fiscals call recently. Uh, obviously, they're doing well sales-wise, so that's not really what the story is. The story is that there currently are three unannounced games that they have slated to come out between April 2019 and uh, early 2020. 
So I wanted to get you guys quick thoughts on what you think those games are, because they said, well, actually, to quote the actual, to, to use the actual quote, it's going to be three to four AAA games that are going to re be released between this upcoming April and March of 2020. So I wanted to get you guys quick thoughts as to what you think those three to four games are. Um, I do have some thoughts as to what they are, but obviously I want to hear you guys' opinions first. So, Gary, uh, would you like to go first uh, yeah. on what your thoughts are? Yeah, so are these unannounced games or games that could have already been announced, but we don't know when they're releasing? Uh, well, for right now, uh, I, yeah, they, they could they could already be announced games. Uh, okay. Yeah, it, it doesn't really specify if it's unannounced, but there are some games we already know are in development, so I'm pretty sure that that, that you can definitely count those. Okay. Um, now, to be honest, I don't remember which games do have release uh, dates, but if I'm going for four titles that I think are going to be released within the next year, you know, from April to next April, um, I think Skull and Bones. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, uh, what was the... They they didn't announce a Splinter Cell, right? Or they didn't did they? announce no. it yet. No. Okay. What was, there was something. There was another game they announced, but I don't. That remember. That was the one with Elijah Wood, right? That that game that we saw when we went to the E3 uh, conference for them. You're, I was talking, about the, that. you're talking about tra tra Transcendence. Is is that what's called? Yeah. Yeah that that game is actually already out. Oh, okay, I didn't know. Yeah, oh. I think I think it came out last year, towards the end of last year. Mm -hmm. Is there a no? Is there a new Ghost Recon? I can't remember. Like, I can't remember. What or Rainbow Six stuff. Maybe like for Rainbow Six Siege or something, or like sequel to it. I have no idea. No, they, remember, they, 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 they've just been supporting that game up to this point. I I, I think I haven't really seen anything else. Okay. Um, well, um, I, I think Beyond Good and Evil might be coming, but that will probably be more towards spring next year. I think. Um, yeah. Because you know they, they have the Division Two, which is coming out this year, springtime. So I think Beyond Good and Evil would be like the the big spring game for next year. Um, so yeah, I think uh, that and possibly Watch Dogs Three if they you know announce Watch Dogs Three maybe at E three and then it comes out in the fall or something. So, yeah. Um, and I'm not sure about a fourth to be honest, but uh, those are three things that I think. Uh, what, you know that game Wilds was that Ubisoft or was it like a different publisher? That wilds. You're talking about uh, the game. I know what you're going to be talking about. I don't think that was Ubisoft, though. Honestly, okay. it was just the guy from Ubisoft, right? Like, yeah, the, the game they showed at Sony's conference a while back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I, um, you know what? I have no idea what's going on. With Michael, that game. Michael Ansel, right? That's the guy's name or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I that, that that game is probably coming after. Uh well it's it, it's definitely not I think it's a Sony game but it's not coming I, I probably not coming until after Beyond Good and Evil I, I mean I don't know what's going on with that game we haven't seen anything else since they showed that video of it right uh so um we'll see um let let let, let me go real quick and then I'm gonna go to Mr Lugo uh Watch Dogs Three they have been teasing this game for a while uh it, like they have been very actively talking about giving hints about the game so. That's probably going to get announced at, at 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 E3 this E3 this year, and that'll probably be out by the fall. Uh, I do think Splinter Cell is it has been in development. We just haven't really heard anything about the game, so that is probably another game that you're going to hear about, and that'll probably be coming in the fall. 
Um, and then as for the others, Skull and Bones, that's definitely coming this year. We played it last year at E3. Uh, they didn't really announce a release date. They just said 2019. So that's definitely one of the games that I do expect to come out. Uh, they did say there's going to be no more, no Assassin's Creed this year. So I, I don't think we're going to see that for a while, which is good. They do need to take a break with that series. Uh, so I'm totally fine with that. And um, if I had to pick one more game, uh, I don't know. But for some reason, I, I, I do know that um, that I've had, I've had, I have heard uh, rumors, nothing confirmed, that Nintendo was obviously working with Ubisoft on possibly doing more content. For that Mario Rabbits game, so there could be another one of those games coming also. That you know eventually, and of course, Just Dance. You know the game that comes out every year, Just Dance. But uh, those are the only things I could think of at the moment. Um, so, Mr. Lugo, did you have anything that you 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 would like to add? I think that the the Mario and Rabbits thing that was actually one of the things I wanted to say because I really believe that's a game that not only did a big splash and I think it sold pretty well. And it, they have a really great relationship with Nintendo for that series. So I think that we're going to get another one of those. And I think also possibly from that at some point, maybe talk about another Starlink-like game, but for Star Fox. Because I know Starlink is getting more Star Fox content with Falco and Peppy and a couple other stuff in relation to that game that's like extra bonus DLC. I think they talked briefly about that on the last Direct that just happened or posted up some videos on YouTube and stuff. But as far as like just focusing on Ubisoft, besides that, I think that Skull and Bones is a safe bet because I'm pretty sure I saw a thing that's at 2019 so i wouldn't be surprised if we get that towards like the summer or like towards the end of 2019 as like one of those other games that just gets put out there alongside other stuff i still think also that splinter cell is coming i always say that every year and it's like again we all get proven wrong but i feel like that's a thing that's been worked on or being worked on very for a very long time and like we just haven't heard or really seen anything official or concrete about that as far as watchdogs uh i, I don't know I'm a little indifferent about Watch Dogs. I would have to read up more about that, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's another game that gets announced officially at E3 this year. Now, one other thing I think we also should acknowledge besides that is also Rayman. And, you know, granted, I said oh, Mario yeah. and Rabbids might be a thing. I think we're also going to get a new Rayman game at some point. I feel like that's a thing. If And here's the thing. The reason why I say that is because, keep in mind, Smash Brothers is getting a couple other characters that haven't appeared in a Smash Brothers game in an official capacity like that is playable and stuff. And I think that the relationship with Ubisoft is too hard to ignore like that. And I think that we're going to get Rayman in that game. And I think that's also going to be an indication of another uh, Rayman game being um, worked on, or at least, you know, in the process of being worked on. Because remember, those two Rayman games that were released, uh, the, those kind of like, you know, what, what was it? Rayman Legends or just... I think it's Rayman. I forgot what what, what the first one was. I know Rayman Legends was the sequel that that was on Wii U and then a bunch of other platforms and stuff. But those games were pretty successful and critically acclaimed at one point, if I'm not mistake, mistaken. But um, as far as so, if I had to really choose for, I would say Skull and Bones. I would say possibly uh, Splinter Cell. I would say the Mario Rabbids game, whatever that might be. And I think also we're probably going to get a new Rayman. I, I think those are safe bets. Uh, to kind of bank on it. I think the majority of that's going to get revealed at E3 this year for either the end of the year or leading into the following year for 2020. I think I, th I think those are all good good, good bets because I completely forgot about Rayman. So yeah, that's all sounds doable. And one final thing I will mention because I believe Gary, you mentioned Ghost Recon. Uh, I did pull up a report. You know, Ghost Recon Wildlands launched 
in March of last year. So by 2020, there probably will be another one. Um, if I had to make a guess, so that 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 may be coming next spring. If uh, Beyond Good and Evil, because again, I don't know how far in development Beyond Good and Evil. Is. I don't think we're getting Beyond Good and the Evil. To be honest with you, I think that's the one game. Is even though we've seen it and I, I want it, like the rest of you guys, I don't think that's coming anytime soon. I don't even think we get it in 2020. To be honest yeah. with you, that that that's probably a a, a, a next generation uh, game. PS5 and whatever the next Xbox is. Um, but we'll see. We'll I see will be we're... very surprised if we go into E3 this year and they say that that game is coming out at the end of the year. I'll be very surprised because I feel like we've seen a little bit of it. We've seen gameplay of it that they showed at their conference when we were there. But yeah. I don't I don't think it's that far along to the point where it's like, okay, near completion or even within the next year and a half. I think that that's a little bit like 20, like end 2020 to 2021. Personally, again, that's that's me being like, you know, lenient with it yeah well i don't well yeah i i i definitely don't think it's coming this year either but uh yeah but yeah de- definitely definitely much much later i because again i don't i think even though we've seen some stuff uh i think that game still is a ways away from release but i will say this we've seen more of that than we have seen of death stranding so <laughs> we'll we'll see that's another that's another game i don't think we're getting on ps4 <laughs> at all <laughs> oh no oh no I know Gary can't wait to play it though, so he he uh that's a day one purchase for him. <laughs> yep, day one indeed. Yeah. So uh on that note, now let's move on to uh the final topic of today's show. Uh and I will give a shout out to Mr. Edward V in the chat because he was unable to speak to us today about this game. I see him complaining. So let's talk about Crackdown three. Uh, I know that Edward has played Crackdown and he has said the game is trash. So, and this is someone who obviously is goes hard for Xbox all the time. So if he's complaining about it, I said, okay, that's interesting. But Crackdown 3, uh, the game released uh, this past Friday on the 15th with all of these other titles. Uh, and the game has been getting some pretty horrible reviews across the board. Now, there are some getting eviscerated straight up. Like, you got to tell how it is. It's been getting eviscerated by a lot of the reviews. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Now, I do know that there are some people that I do know that we are friends with as well that have been playing the game. They have they they think the game is okay. They think the game is fine. You know, obviously, the main complaints have been, you know, it doesn't really feel like it brings anything new to the table. Like if you played the original Crackdown, it feels pretty much exactly like that that game. But there's nothing really new and you can tell that that it's outdated which uh, obviously are um, a lot of issues with it. But I guess uh, the question that uh, Gary wanted to ask is, should people be so hard on it? As Because it is a Microsoft title, because it is in Game Pass, uh, and because it maybe doesn't quite meet the standards that it needs to to, 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 to meet for an actual Xbox title. So that's a good question to ask Gary. So I'm going to ask you to uh, give your answer first on this particular topic. Okay, so I want to play devil's advocate a bit here because, um, I mean, let, let me first of all be clear that I'm in no rush at all to play Crackdown 3. Like, I, I'm, it's just not something I think about right now. But um, I do want to play devil's advocate here because um, what I'm hearing about this game and uh, when, I, when I think back to my experience playing the first Crackdown, you know, as I understand it, Crackdown 3 is just mindless fun. Like, it's just... 
it's you know it's a throwback to old gaming where you just get on it you just you uh you go around shooting destroying stuff and you know beating missions and objectives and there's no uh real deep meaning or story to it it's just you know a fun game to play and not really think too much about um and that's really how a lot of old school gaming was like it's like you just get on you blow some stuff up you know and go go about your day you know um so it seems to be that kind of game um and i enjoyed the first crackdown because of that because it was just a fun little game to put on not think too much about i could probably you know if i'm listening to an audio book or a podcast or something i can do that while i'm playing the game you know sometimes those kind of games are cool to have you know where you don't have to really because there's so many cinematic experiences out nowadays where it's like okay i have to really concentrate hard on this game even though i'm tired from work and you know i've got all this stuff going on around the house and there's all these distractions you know it, it, it can be hard to to go from you know uh, cinematic experience to cinematic experience so sometimes a game like this where you don't have to think you just blow stuff up is cool you know it's fine um, so I want to play devil's advocate and say you know if, if, if that's what you want and um, that's what your expectations are then I don't see a problem with the game because um, because uh, when I think about um, I think it was Saints Row 4 or 5 I think it was 4 um, Saints Row 4 which is the one where you know the your, your character becomes the president and then it becomes this crazy sci-fi superhero type of game um, that game was actually super fun even though the story made no sense and I just like it was so stupid I didn't care about the story at all anymore but the actual gameplay was just so fun because you could run around run up on buildings destroy stuff like there was a lot of crazy stuff you could do in that game and I enjoyed it because of that like I almost like got all of the achievements on steam for that game like i enjoyed it that much um so you know if it's that kind of game it has a place you know i just feel like people were putting too much expectations on the game because it is an exclusive for xbox and there hasn't been many exclusive games for xbox recently so anything that does come out for xbox that's exclusive is going to have a lot of expectations and a lot of eyeballs and a lot of attention on it you know so whatever they put out at this point needs to blow people away for them to have confidence in the xbox brand and this was just you know a kind of average game to just have a few hours of fun with you know it wasn't anything more than that so i think that's why people started trashing the game and you know talking all that stuff about it uh, but i i think there is a place for crackdown 3 to some people it's just the fact that it wasn't because uh, you have to you have to remember as well when they first announced this game in like 2013 they they made it look like a big deal as well like they oversold this game they ended up changing a lot of stuff and then you know we had to wait what is it like six years six or seven years before it finally came out so um some of the blame is is on microsoft too because they oversold the game initially but but I mean, you know, if you just look at it what it is and appreciate it for what it is, I don't think there's a problem. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just the fact that Xbox is where they're at now, you know, and uh, there's not a lot of exclusives that come out. So that's my take on it. 
right. Uh, I, I do have a few thoughts. So I'm going to go to you first. Do you have any thoughts on Crackdown 3? Yeah, I kind of skimmed through some of the reviews that were getting posted up, both on Metacritic and elsewhere. And it seems like not only I think Crackdown 3 is a victim of not only the, the change in taste and, and preferences for a lot of places and, and just gamers in general right now at the current moment, but I think also that the expectations for Crackdown 3 to actually be a thing for the Xbox ecosystem, I think was a victim under its own weight. Because keep in mind, we kept seeing Crackdown 3 for like the longest time and just again, delay after delay. And the fact that, you know, we were hoping for it to be a certain thing for Xbox One that ultimately it ended up not being. Now, again, I haven't played Crackdown 3. I've never really looked at a lot of gameplay outside of what we saw at different events and stuff. But from the way that people are talking about uh, Crackdown 3, it seems that it's very generic in its approach to a lot of stuff that we've seen like years ago with and without any sort of like you know changes to kind of like adapt for a lot of stuff with what we got right now like obviously a lot of the people one of the reviews i was reading up was saying that the majority of the time they ended up using a few weapons out of all the weapons that are available to you in crackdown 3 they used them from the very beginning of the game all the way throughout to killing the final boss now i understand that could be a little bit annoying especially when you have all this stuff open to you to kind of like mess around with and such it feels like you know it's not utilizing its full potential and the same thing also goes for collecting things around in the large city or like you know the lack of like you know real using of the space or like the set pieces that you have for that there's a lot of different things that i feel like like what gary was saying is a product of the time from back then especially like early xbox 360 titles or like midway xbox 360 titles being somewhat similar to that but things have obviously changed over the last couple of years since crackdown 3 was first announced so there's been a lot of changes overall with a lot of different things that we've seen other uh studios and other titles big triple a titles do at this point and i think just our expectations have changed so it kind of sucks because i mean what can really that team really do with all the stuff that happens with xbox one and a lot of the other stuff that happens with just the xbox ecosystem what, what are they really going to do so maybe even if, if there's like another crackdown or maybe there's a, just a different type of game that that team can work on things will be a little bit different but it is what it is you know and just seems to be like people just don't like crackdown three they just think it's kind of meh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. So my my, my thoughts on Crackdown Three is is this: uh, there was a story that came out like days before this game became made available public on Game Pass that the Wrecking Zone multiplayer mode didn't support pre-made parties. That right there, to me, obviously they're going to fix that for later. But that right there also already it got some bad uh, you know bad feedback because of that because again the multiplayer is one of the biggest options in this game. Of course, when I downloaded the game, I noticed there's a, a download for campaign and then there's a download for Wrecking Ball. That right there, I didn't understand that at all because I thought that you should have been able that should have just been one download for the whole complete game. So the way that that was put together as sort of like a piecemeal type of thing, I didn't really like that. With that said, I haven't played it yet because Microsoft also made the decision to release this game on the exact same day as four other titles. Those titles being Far Cry New Dawn, Jump Force, Metro Exodus, and there's another game that I, I for some reason, I, I can't really think of it at the moment. But my point is, you're releasing it at a time where all these other games are out, so you're making people have to, people have to make a choice as to what they want to play. 
when and when essentially they could have released this out at another time. But I understand they wanted to get it out for other titles like Anthem because Anthem is also out next Friday. So that's fine. But still, I, I would have wanted to release this at a time when it wasn't so much competition with other games that are out. And obviously, a lot of these other games, it's not in the it's not really in the same genre as this particular title. But again, you're competing for people to, to, to for, for people's time. So I think it, I think they should have released this at a different time when it wasn't really quite as much people uh, that could that can go towards something else. So with that said, though, as far as the reviews, uh, yeah, it definitely was going to be held to a high standard because, as you said, Gary, Microsoft made a big deal about this game uh, beforehand. All the time, people waiting. And then obviously all the delays and then, you know, all of the changes that were made to it. I, I also will add that the creator of Crackdown uh, leaving Microsoft uh, and you're completely leaving the project altogether. That also was not a good sign of this, of what was going to happen with this game either. So a lot of bad things. But I will say this. I'm glad Microsoft didn't cancel the game. Uh Unlike Scalebound, which is a game that I really wanted to play, and then they decide to cancel it. Uh, I mean, I'm glad they didn't cancel it, but at the same time, I would say it's at least good that it is being offered through Game Pass. Because I will tell, just based off of looks alone, I would tell anybody, I would not recommend you spend $59.99 for this game. Absolutely not. Um, but I will at least say, glad they didn't cancel it, and I hope that... I'm looking forward to seeing what they do in the future with all their other titles, because I think for the most part, a lot of the exclusives that they have released this gener this generation, they haven't really been horrible. I mean, Gears of War 4 was was fantastic, uh, so I would assume that you know they're going to continue to release pretty good titles across the board. This is just one where it was a disappointment. Recore is another one that I have heard is a disappointment, but I haven't played that. I haven't bothered to play that one. Because I heard about the bad news, but I will give this a try since I've already downloaded it on Game Pass, so I really have nothing to lose right now. Um, but with all that said, um, we'll see what happens with Microsoft. I, I feel like it was a good decision to just release the game, period, so that you give people who have been waiting for the game something. But at the same time, they, they know what the deal is. They got to, you know, bring more quality titles out moving forward. You know, obviously, the next Gears of War game. That's the next big game for them, aside from Ori and Will of the Wisp that I know about so far, which I'm pretty sure both of those games will be fantastic, so I'm not really concerned about that. But it is what it is. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, like, this is... I, I think this is, like, the last of the the games that were, like, kind of sold early on in in the Xbox One's life. So, like, now that this is finally out the way... Um, and of course we're never getting scale bound, but now that this is out the way, you know, now they can move on to, you know, new things and, and games that have already seen success like Ori, you know? Um, so the future looks good from here for Microsoft. They have a lot of potential. They have a lot of things they can do from here on. They have new studios. Um, they are going to be at E3 so they can have a complete blowout at E3 and, you know, wow us and impress us. So I think now that Crackdown 3 is out, they can put that 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 era behind them, you know, um, that whole phase, that initial phase of Xbox, they can put it behind them and just move on and, you know, 
it's like a fresh slate now so at least this is out there in the wilds and now we can move on and see what's next <laughs> i do have one question though yeah can you do the terry cruz dance in the game because if so i'll download it right now i'll buy it right now <laughs> i'm not sure about that that's a question for edward i mean he said he played it and he loves the game even though he's now talking bad about it in the chat and trying to defend it <laughs> i'll have to google it yeah but I, I, I will say this uh i i definitely will try out crackdown and I, i'll give my thoughts on it next week obviously i wasn't going to prioritize it if, if it came out on the 15th you know, with all these other games I have been playing, Metro Exodus, which, as I said earlier on this show, that is, I think that game definitely deserves the praise it's been getting. And I definitely would choose that game over this game because it is a story behind it, because it is a first-person shooter. So obviously, I, I enjoy that genre a little bit more. But yeah, uh, I will try out Crackdown. I have something to say about it next week, and hopefully I'll have some positive thoughts, as well as Anthem. You know, I'm definitely going to play both of those games and talk about them next week. But um, yeah. Um, any final thoughts on Crackdown Three before we get ready to wrap up the show? No, I just want to um, shout all the Xbox in the chat. <laughs> What's up, Ed? Well, he, he he I think he's the only one. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So on that note, um, that concludes our show for this week. Uh, Definitely thank you all for listening to the show. I want to take a quick minute to announce the uh, Patreon winner of the Anthem giveaway. It was uh, Mauricio Aguilar. Hopefully I pronounced that correct. Because, you know, Ed is not on here to correct me. So, but yes, I want to congratulate you on winning. You know, I, I've already been in contact with you, so you definitely will be getting your game very soon. Um, and for those that are interested, we are going to be doing another giveaway soon. So make sure you stay tuned to the website. Uh, for more details. But uh, as for shout-outs, uh, I'm going to give the floor over to you first, Mr. Lugo, if you have any shout-outs that you would like to give. Yeah, sure. Uh, shout-outs to everybody watching the show now, whether you're catching it live or catching it later on on the website and the YouTube channel. Thank you. We appreciate your guys' support. Uh, shout-out to everybody else that's been showing me some love on social media. I really appreciate you guys as I've been posting up different reviews, posting up different exclusives that we've been getting. Uh, every once in a while, I've been able to post up on the website some cool stuff. Uh, if you guys haven't already, I highly suggest you guys check out some of the exclusive written interviews that I've gotten as of late, uh, including one about a Kingdom Hearts-related book that I put up, uh, was it not too long ago, that you guys definitely need to check out. It's from third editions. They're doing a Kingdom Hearts multi-volume series book. Uh, uh, was it about the entire franchise? So coming off of like, you know, the release of Kingdom Hearts 3, this is something that's very cool. And it's something different that I wanted to bring to you guys. So it's little things like that, that I've been working very hard to get up on the website. You know, that's exclusive to us. You're not going to find that anywhere else. So I highly suggest you guys read up on that, as well as a couple other things I'm going to have down the line very soon that you guys are really going to enjoy. I'm hoping one of the big things that I got in the works happens this week probably towards like the middle or the end of the week. It's going to be pretty damn dope. And you guys are going to be very happy as to what it is. But outside of that, again, thank you to everybody that's been showing love on social media. Thank you to everybody that's been leaving comments on all our content. And again, just constantly sticking with us throughout all this different stuff. We got a lot of great stuff planned throughout the rest of the year. It's going to be pretty dope. Absolutely. Yes. Agreed. Uh, I want to take a quick moment. Yeah. Give a shout out to you as well. 
all the stuff that you have been posting on the site. Definitely would encourage everybody to check it out. We also want to give a shout out to Dana. I know she's posted a couple of interviews from a couple of actors and actresses that are actually, they were in Alita Battle Angel. So definitely check out those interviews on the website. Um, also want to give a shout out to Adam Vale as well. I know uh, him, myself, and Dana, we actually recorded a little discussion podcast predictions for Elimination Chamber, which is tonight. So make sure you check out the show and as well as check out the pay-per-view. Let us know your thoughts and we'll definitely talk about that a little bit later on. But uh, definitely want to give a shout out to everybody that was in the chat today that checked out the show. I see Mr. Carl Donovan was in the chat, so shout out to you as well as Wesley and Edward and a few other people that I saw earlier. But yes, thank you all for your continued support. And uh, Gary, the floor is now yours for uh, shout outs. Yep, uh, big shouts to all of our... Oh, my bad, I was muted. So yeah, big <laughs> shouts to, to all of our Patreon supporters. That's M. Collins, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Miguel, Antonio Rogers, and Sean Gorty. We appreciate you all for your continued support. If you're not on the Patreon, then definitely consider it because, you know, um, like we said, Mauricio, he won the, the, the Legion of Dawn edition of Anthem. Um, now, he only won that edition of the game because he was a Patreon, whereas if somebody else would have won it, like somebody who's not a patron, they would have won the regular version of the game. So, you know, these are the special things we do for our Patreon people and our supporters. Um, and, you know, we're also working on extra content that will be on the Patreon and there will be future giveaways and, you know, things like that. So um, please consider it. You know, you can donate as little as one dollar and get all the perks. So uh, that's something to consider. But we, we also love the people who chop out with us, you know, on a regular basis on Twitter and other platforms, too. So big shouts to Wesley, you know, for, for being on the show today. Shouts to Carl, Annabelle you know and, and everyone miguel and everyone who you know chops up with us on a regular basis so um big thanks to you guys and shouts to the entire coalition staff absolutely yes and thank you all for listening i hope that you have a great week and we will talk to you all next weekend